developed, created, and owned by James Pro Artistry Productions. You are now listening to the Perceptive Readers Podcast. Greetings, Perceptive Readers. This is James Lynch, and I would like to share this nice little walk down memory lane. And when I say walk down memory lane, um, you know, there are some good feelings that we have from uh, spending time with maybe friends or our parents, our mother or father, and certain things that we did with them when we were young that will always stick with us, always. And this is what the Star Trek, A Gene Roddenberry Vision Part 1 article is all about. You know, as I started it off on this article on the parkbooks.com website, I said a couple of times a year, I write one of those blog articles that could be placed in a personal journal for the gentleman or diary for the ladies. So why is the title featuring Star Trek? Is it because you are a diehard Trekkie, you ask? And I went on to relate that for a number of years, you know, I was interested, especially when I was uh, uh, younger in science fiction and um, Star Trek was number one right up there on the list. And uh, yes, uh, there were other science fiction shows that came out that uh, I became interested in, but we're not going to talk about those here. We're just going to talk about uh, Star Trek. And you know, one thing about this show, as I mentioned before, we shared uh, back then in those days, sometimes the people mostly only had one TV. <laughs> Uh, I'm not saying that you only have to have one TV. I'm just saying a, a, a lot of people back in those days had one TV if they had one at all. And if it was color, all the better. And so the whole family just had uh, certain shows, you know, there were like only three networks uh, that they would uh, sit around and they would watch. And um, Star Trek was certainly up um, right up there for a lot of families that sat around the television set. One thing I remember, though, after some episodes, depending on um, whether I went on a drive somewhere with my father or not, uh, the conversation would still go towards uh, maybe an episode that we watched uh, together. And then he would actually jump from that episode uh talk about maybe a social issue which Star Trek dealt a lot in, you know, Gene Roddenberry's vision. And that's that's why this article goes into uh, what was his thoughts behind it. And also videos are highlighted on the website so you can see where his mind was at because he affected a lot of people just with his what? On uplifting thoughts on the way that he viewed the world, at least in the future, what could be a possible future. So let's talk more about this as I read the article. Um, I went on to write and said that Star Trek in particular struck a chord with me. Science fiction, uh, f- uh, which I put the definition, this is fiction dealing principally with the impact of actual and imagined science on society 
or individuals or having a scientific factor as an essential orienting uh, component. Uh, and this is from the uh, Marion Webster Dictionary. That's where I got that from. Now, the, in the heading, Star Trek, a Gene Roddenberry vision, it starts off like this. Gene Roddenberry debuted the uh, original Star Trek in 1966. You can see from his screenplays a sincere desire to have a future where humanity, at least on Earth, got along together as a whole. Utopia, you may say. Well, yes, it seems. He at least wrote a strong leaning towards it anyway. Utopia. Here's another definition. A place of ideal perfection, especially in laws, government, and social conditions. And this is taken from Merriam-Webster Dictionary as well. Next paragraph. Now, people who have meditated on all the barriers to Gene Roddenberry's vision in his writings will readily acknowledge, isn't this the beauty of science fiction? You use your imagination and dreams and right until your seemingly far-fetched or far-fetched <laughs> thoughts and love of humanity ideals materialize. William Shatner's character. William Shatner played the character of Captain James Tiberius Kirk. He was a bare-knuckles brawler at times who would not start a fight, but would finish it with everything he had at his disposal. By the way, he possessed a lot of charm, so there were scenes of romance in more than a quarter of that episode uh, of the episodes every season for the character of Kirk. If I cor uh, correctly recall, some may ask, "You sure Kirk wasn't romancing a decked out a tired lady every episode?" My reply. There are other characters who also screen acted scenes of Amore written into the episodes, you see. So from that brief description, you can ascertain William Shatner's character of Kirk is an alpha male warrior with a strong sense of protecting the pack. Yet, it was still through this captain Mr. Roddenberry used him to make significant speeches on social issues at the time, but placed them in a universe and future far away. And then I put in two clips where William Shatner shows uh, Kirk's passion, you know, as an actor and the side of indignation. Um, and when he also uh, lost his best friend. Yeah, before I move on in talking about uh, Captain Kirk and William Shatner, who was actually cast in that role, you know, in real life, if you check out William Shatner's social media, you will find out what his interests are. Um, he you will also see uh, the many different sides. It's almost like. The same sides that you saw him act out in um, Star Trek. I mean, it, you can tell, yes, these have come from this man, William Shatner, not just only in acting, but really you can tell they come from his heart. So you can tell that character, uh, even though Gene Roddenberry created it, uh, he certainly brought 
Captain Kirk to life. Do you see what I'm saying? And see, and that's, uh, and, and I know this is on a side note because I'm talking about almost like, you know, audio books and narrator books. But see, that's the point um, where sometimes uh, you might have a writer and the writer may say, hey, I want this person to uh, uh, be the one to uh, bring out my characters. And if I write a little jingle here, there, a song there, I want that person to sing the song uh, or bring it to life or w- w- what I'm seeing, but just don't have the, the skills to really bring it the way that I want to because that's what that um, narrator is for, you see. And, and that's what I'm thinking about, you know, what, Gene Roddenberry as he was casting those roles and having people actually you know audition for them and things of that nature you can bet he was looking for something um, in them something specific and William Shatner had fit the bill of what you know he was looking for and it's the same thing as uh writers and authors today uh when they uh pick a certain person so that's why uh you will uh see that you know some writers uh some persons might say well why don't you uh you know pick somebody else this or that or whatever and it's almost like no you know what it's more wrapped up into this than what uh you may be considering or or may not really care to consider or may not just understand but that's fine all the same uh it's a vision that that person has that writer or what have you and so in speaking again about even with William Shatner uh sometimes I joke to myself if you look at some of the statements that he makes <laughs> on social media because uh he even claims he's not political even though you know he dealt with a uh uh in a extremely each episode of when he had to get those speeches and all I'm trying to do is is basically lead you into his uh constitutional speech that um he gave that was very um interesting uh even way back then the uh expressions that he made but again if you uh follow him sometimes on social media and things of that nature uh you will see that he can be very no nonsense at times, and I'm sure most likely he will say uh, justifiably so. And I'm certainly not here to even argue with him. I'm just letting you know that you see the wide uh, or many facets of his personality. And sometimes I, I say maybe it shouldn't have been Captain James Tiberius Kirk. Maybe Gene Roddenberry should have just named him Captain William Shatner and put that in the show. Okay, I don't know if I got too many laughs or not. Um, I probably got one because I do have a couple of people, a couple of you, you know, you just laugh at all my jokes. And sometimes I don't know if it's just so I won't feel bad. But the whole point is you just keep on again laughing at my jokes uh, as I say that all the time. Now, let's move on to Patrick Stewart, Shakespearean skilled character. Um I wrote, Patrick Stewart developed the character of Captain John Luke Picard with excellence. And boy, I really mean that. I mean, um, uh, I, I could just go into, especially like uh, back in the what, uh, well, late 80s, early 90s, something like that. Uh, some of his speeches, too. Now, um, his experience of acting with the Royal Shakespeare Company displayed itself from the very first episode of Star Trek. Uh, the Next Generation, 
though Patrick Stewart's character, uh, Captain Picard, knew how to defend himself and others as a brilliant strategist, he often used master diplomacy skills to avoid and get out of conflicts. The episodes maintained a balance on developing all the main cast backgrounds and interests. Hence, the writing did not utilize Patrick Stewart's role of lead in the majority of scenes for each episode. I will now leave you with a montage of speeches in the next video, which I did. Uh, you will notice that these written words of a sci-fi future have been and still are echoed this present day. Now, questions on whether or not morality is important to the well-being of any group and any society. Uh, oh, what are we talking about? See, you're going to see him talking about basically ethics. And in this one paragraph where I was talking about it, uh, I, I put a few expressions even about the good book and the almighty God himself, what he has given mankind. I'll just let you read that as you like uh, again at parkbooks.com. Now, during the series dialogue in Shakespearean cadence, Patrick Stewart animates Captain Picard's character to ponder moral and ethical questions. What happens when an individual ignores such questions? And I went on to actually put the definition of ethics so you could really have the flavor of where this character was coming from, which, you know, as I mentioned with William Shatner, you certainly uh, uh, know that um, I'm going to say Captain Picard, <laughs> Patrick Stewart also um, knows uh, what these words and definitions mean uh, to actually portray the spirit into the uh, character of uh, deep passion and, and meaning, you see. So anyway, uh, I'll go ahead and I will read um, uh, what ethics uh, says. And this is, is from um, uh, an online source. But notice it says ethics, the field of ethics or moral philosophy involves systemizing, defending and recommending concepts of right and wrong behavior. Philosophers today usually divide ethical theories into three general subject areas. Uh, Metaethics, normative eth ethics, and applied ethics. Metaethics investigates where our ethical principles come from and what they mean. Are they merely social inventions? Do they involve more than expressions of our individual emotions? And see, and that's very important. And metaethical answers to these questions focus on the issue of, catch this point, universal truths, the will of God. The role of reason in ethical judgments and the meaning of ethical terms themselves. 
And so after this, it goes into uh, recommending you read part two of Star Trek, a Gene Roddenberry vision. But I just want to emphasize that as humans, we have so many different um, facets to ourselves. Uh, we have so many different emotions and personalities, what make us happy, what make us sad. And, um, and see, and sometimes uh, the reason why uh, we can even become sad or overly sad sometimes is because something uh, is out of balance. Uh, something has become out of balance at times, at times, not, uh, you know, not all the time, but something has become out of balance, whether it's chemically uh, or whether it's because of what we are experiencing in, in life and, and things of that nature. And yet, uh, how do we uh, pull ourselves out of it? Well, we do things to actually uh, put ourselves back in a balance. You know, sometimes we say, hey, I just got to take a break. <laughs> uh, uh, sometimes uh, I need a vacation. Hey, I need to pray. <laughs> you know, all sorts of I need to feed myself in, an, in another way. Uh, or I just need to just laugh with a good friend. So all of these make up us humans and see and I'm sharing this with you because that's one thing that um, writing and reading and even enjoying science fiction for some um, over the years once again this is just giving you the reason why so many persons have enjoyed it is because even when they felt like um, things were not a happy day or things were just a dreary day for them some persons could go, they could go uh, or watch a show or really, like I said, back then in those days, there were even books that you could buy, science fiction books, and you could just enjoy yourself and um, uh, exercise your mind and your brain and things of that nature. And this was not to take the place of the good book either, you know, cause I'm, you know, I'm a stronger advocate. If you, as I was just asked that just within the past 24 hours about, uh, what was the latest book, uh, you know, that I read and all I can just keep on <laughs> saying to myself, well, you know, I read the good book more than any other book, but see, that doesn't, uh, um, still mean that, uh, let's say, uh, a, a book or something like that catches really my eye. Uh, uh, that I said, hey, this would be a nice uh, a getaway for a weekend one day uh, or something like that where I go have a good time and, and also read at night or whatever. But anyway, it's, it's just something to let you know. So I hope you enjoyed this. I talked about this uh, one time before this article, but I wanted to talk about it again because this is the part one. And I have not, though, I don't think, uh, really talked about the part two of the article, which I think is, would really be a, a good thing, uh, to do to prepare for in the future on an episode of the Perceptive Readers. So thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed yourself and remember, may you always have a pleasant you know, heart and mind, spirit, no matter what is going on, may you always have a wonderful uh, uh, time uh, with yourselves and also share with your loved ones and, and be kind to even strangers and do the best you can. Take care. 
You have just listened to the Perceptive Readers Podcast. Remember, until next time, if you read something that encourages you to improve or enhance your life for the better, it becomes your reality.